With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. I wanted to speak very briefly about sovereign mythology and mythology in general, particularly in relations to idolatry. Now, a myth is basically a story that either is absolutely not true or is significantly embellished. It can be deceptive. It can be an all-out lie. Or it could be like, to some degree, relative to that of metaphysics, meaning symbolically it is used to teach a moral principle. But when we're speaking on sovereign mythology and mythology in general, I want to relate this to what happens in the Christian world. You know how you go to church. And the preacher tells you, you got to pray. And if you pray for these certain things, then they're going to happen or come to pass. Then they don't come to pass. And when they don't come to pass, you go back and ask the preacher, hey, nothing happened. Well, you didn't do it right. What this you didn't do it right mentality. They add something to it. Well, did you do this, 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 and this? Well, no, you didn't tell me to do that. Well, you missed that part. Go back and do this, and then you'll do it. You'll get it right, and you'll get your answer. Then you go back and do it. Doesn't work. And they keep throwing things at you, and they keep adding things to it. They keep giving you all of these reasons why the stuff isn't working. Well, that's the same thing with this sovereign mythology. What they do is they keep expounding upon it. Some do it to appear like they have deeper knowledge than the next one. So don't go over there. Come over here which is the same thing they do in religious mythology. They sell you these mystical secrets for the sake of your soul's salvation. And then when you apply to things that don't work, they keep telling you you did something wrong or they keep adding different things to it. But in reality, The stuff doesn't work because it's a myth. 
It doesn't exist. It's untrue. Now, let me say this on the contrary. There are some things in life, particularly when you're studying anything, that you have to grow into realizations of for proper comprehension and then application of such will produce the correct results, will produce the results that you have been expecting, will produce the results that they say they will produce. So there's nothing wrong with your development and growth in comprehending something. And before you can really step out on it and apply it to where it's effective, you must grow in your comprehension. So essentially, when people are telling you that they can correct your status, and they're telling you that it's paperwork that needs to be done to correct your status. That is a complete fraud. Now listen, status is and begins with state of mind consciousness. Status is how you think, how you conduct yourself, how you handle your affairs, and then that which you are putting on paper reflects that which you already are. So the paper, the paperwork, is merely a notice to the public of who and what you now are officially on the record from that point forward. But before you do that, you must already be this thing that you are notifying the public of. So the fact that you are a deadbeat dad or a deadbeat mom trying to escape child support, that you're a fornicator, an adulterer, a liar, a deceiver, nobody can do paperwork for you that's going to change that about you. So if you do such paperwork, then the paperwork is a fraud. And it will not have the power that you expect it to have because it is a fraud. Why is it a fraud? Because you're not really that thing that you're claiming on public record. So upon a challenge, you automatically have your paperwork disregarded 
because you are challenged in the public by public officials, by public servants, to determine whether you are competent in matters of law and whether you your conduct matches what you claim. Now, this is very simple. If you really look at this, this is very simple. It's like this. Let me give you a real good example. Let's say you claim to be a scholastic doctor, a doctor of education. And you are challenged by someone who's actually a doctor of education. And they ask you particular things that they know that any real doctor of education should know, and you don't know them. You're a fraud. Listen, do you get a diploma just because you applied for a university? No. You have to be educated. They have to give you tests, exams to make sure that you are competent in whatever field you are pursuing. And once you have studied to show thyself approved. And in this case, in front of a body of people who are competent and have an expertise in such field as you are pursuing, they will back you and say that you are proficient, you have the right comprehension, and you are ready to um, be active in such field. I hope that's clear, but not before you've done the studies. Well, this is why you're having problems with these status corrections, because you have been told that just because you are of Negroid stock and you are a descendant of those who were brought to North America in the Western Hemisphere via the transatlantic slave trade, that you must claim a nationality or you must claim a status correction. If you understand the principle of what I'm trying to say about a diploma, it's the same thing with this status. You can't claim to be something that you're not because upon a challenge, it is going to be proven that you're not really the thing that you claim. So what do you think will happen? You're a fraud. What do you think will happen if you go into court and you try this stuff? You're going to be arrested. 
essentially, when you do that, you're lying to yourself and you're lying to the public. And because lying is illegal and unlawful, this is why if you go into a court playing games like that, you can be found in contempt of court. And really the contempt is mercy because the judge can really move to a prison sentence by citing fraud and use fraud laws on you for presenting yourself in a court in that manner. So if you comprehend what I'm saying here, nobody can fill out documentation for you, put it on public record, and quote-unquote correct your status. To correct your status, what it really means is you must correct yourself. You must correct your comprehension of what's going on on this earth and your conduct, your morality, and everything you do must reflect that. And see, a problem that our people have faced is that they automatically think that they can walk into titles of nobility without having to study, without having to do any work. This is supreme arrogance and delusions of grandeur. You just are bestowed a title without any education, without any knowledge, without any self-sacrifice to make sure that you comprehend the field that you are pursuing and you think that's okay. Something is really wrong with what these people are doing to you. And something is wrong with your idea of it. This is why they'll say, okay, I'll do your status correction for $200, $500, $1,200. I'll do your UCC documents and all that. None of that is worth the paper it's written on if you don't comprehend history, law, procedural law, contracts, if you don't comprehend bloodlines, tribal nationalities, not corporate nationalities, tribal identities, if you don't know the difference between a tribal identity or a tribal nationality and an incorporated nation-state nationality, you, you're going to have a problem. And, and you just being able to Read a definition and recite it doesn't give you the comprehension of it. Okay, let's deal with this straw man. Listen to this. Some of you know that there's a straw man entity and that it's a corporate entity. Now, if I say to you that it's actually a legal description of you and it's a corporate identity, 
of you, an identifying mark of you. I'm not saying that based off of me reading it out of a dictionary. I'm saying it because I comprehend it. Now, you can accept or reject it, and you rejecting it means that you don't comprehend it. You may not want this straw man entity on you fine. You shouldn't want it on you. It is the mark of the beast. But you have to comprehend how you got in that condition. Not, oh, this man is the enemy, he's the beast. Yeah, listen, the Roman beast is real. There's a savage, bestial body of people that are on this earth. Yes, beyond the shadow of a doubt. But how that applies to you and why that straw man entity was invented in the first place goes far beyond you reading that definition. And let me give you another hint of the depth of this one term now, which straw man is also an endless, yes, same thing, basically. The reason why there is a straw man to begin with in the United States of America or any country that is in the United Nations. Wait, back up. Let me set this prerequisite. In order to be in the United Nations, do you know you have to be a bankrupt entity without any gold and silver? In order to be a corporation, you have to be a bankrupt entity without any gold and silver. Gold and silver being one of the lawful currencies on the earth. Real tangible resources are lawful currencies. Gold and silver are tangible, and they have value in commerce because of their alchemical um, their alchemical characteristics. Did you know that they switched over from the 3G phones to the 4G phones and they had everybody come turning their 3G phones and anything that's before 3G and they were selling it to you. Oh, we got these new smartphones coming. Smartphones are coming in the future. Then the time that they released the smartphones, they told you, oh, well, you know what? You've already had a smartphone. We just didn't tell you that. Do you remember them doing this? They said, yeah, you had a, you've already had a smartphone for the last seven to ten years. We just didn't say that. They did actual commercial advertising to the public telling them this. Here's what was going on. All those old phones had a higher content of gold. So they got these uh, machines in the malls, at the Walmart. Turn in your old cell phone and get cash for it. Remember back when they had, in the United States, when they had all the persons turning their gold and silver and they exchanged the gold and silver for Federal Reserve notes? 
Well, originally they had gold and silver certificates, and then they went from that to Federal Reserve notes. Here's what's really going on. They had you turn it, and they're still doing it. They're doing the same thing today with gold that they were doing back then. You ever ride in the neighborhoods, go into the inner cities, and see once you see a pawn shop or something that says, we buy gold. They're doing the same thing today that they did back then, particularly in 1933. But here's my point. A bankrupt government must incorporate. That is the designation that it is bankrupt. Therefore, if that entity has members that you call citizens, capital letter C and lowercase c, then those members or citizens cannot circulate gold and silver within that corporation because it is illegal. So they have to identify on the record all of the citizens as corporations in order to do business with the mother corporation. That is not something that I learned just by stopping at reading the definition of straw man. And that doesn't even scratch the surface. Some of you are so arrogant that you'll tell yourself you already knew that. which shows why your said status correction would not work. It's a fraud. You're not that. You don't comprehend it, and the people that are teaching it to you don't comprehend it. UCC filings have nothing to do with establishing a status Period. It doesn't make you sovereign. It doesn't make you free. It doesn't make you a secured party creditor. As a matter of fact, let me tell you this about being a secured party creditor. A secured party creditor is one who has a security interest in a security held in a security agreement. So let me give you a very simple example. If you make a loan to someone, and you have a security agreement or a contract that states, I'm loaning 
this individual such and such amount of dollars. Here are the terms and conditions that they are to pay me back under. If at any time they breach, this gives the uh, one that loans the money the right to execute matters in law for debt collection. Very simple. So the fact that one individual agrees to loan money to another individual, that automatically makes the one who loans the money a creditor. Okay? But if there's no verifiable evidence that there was a loan exchanged in this scenario, now this is just part of what it means to be a secured party creditor. If there's no verifiable evidence that there was a loan exchange, there can be no verifiable evidence that one party is a creditor to another. And you can't just go off of somebody's word because people lie all of the time. And if if you try to do that and try to take it to a court or take it into any legal or lawful matter at all, I know some of you say, oh, they're de facto courts and all that. You're not understanding why they're called that and how they work. You're just spewing out rhetoric. A court is supposed to be a last resort effort when you cannot solve a dispute between two parties. The court doesn't want to have to step in. So what happens is a lot of times they will reject um, people's petitions for a, a court date or whenever they do reject them. Now, a lot of it is they do make money off of it, so they, they do handle it with care. But when they do reject, reject it and keep your money at the same time, if you don't get a court date, or they'll say, if you actually go to the court and they'll say, well, here's my ruling without prejudice, meaning you can bring it back. See, you didn't exhaust what you were supposed to do administratively before bringing it to a court. So you didn't do everything you could to resolve the issue because the court is the last resort. They're not supposed to be there just because you argue with somebody. You're supposed to be able to get past an argument and a disagreement and sit down in a civilized capacity and go over step by step by step whether or not there is a legitimate legal disagreement where there is a legitimate legal and or lawful disagreement or breach that needs to be remedied by the seizure of property, by the seizure of the physical body, 
to do jail time or prison time or whatever. You have to be able to sit down and prove all things. But if you're not in this state of mind and don't comprehend that, that just because these people are Romans, that that makes them automatically wrong. See, look, nature has given over authority to them over you. The Most High, God Almighty, made it so that you had to serve bond servitude, that which you're incorrectly calling slavery, but it's relative. You had to serve this bond servitude under Romans. This is a Roman government with Roman civil and criminal law. They are the same Romans that you have been fighting for centuries. And they captured you under war laws. That is where the transatlantic slave trade comes in. Now, you're not going to like all your history and all your dealings with them, but you have to understand the solutions that law provides begins with you knowing this. What you're calling status correction has nothing to do with solely putting something on paper and recording it at a county recorder. That is that is absolutely ridiculous. And then you expect that you're going to come out here and, uh, and enforce this on judges and courts, attorneys, police officers. Um, politicians, and then you've watched a DVD or you've read some redemption manual or you've listened to somebody's podcast and all of a sudden you think you have more knowledge than a judge, an attorney, a U.S. marshal, and you don't. And the thing is, these... um, so-called sovereign citizen movements and nationality and more uh, sovereignty, this stuff is fraud. Listen, I know you probably don't believe that because you've been indoctrinated into sovereign mythology and it's become a religion for you. So it is an idol God for you. And it's destroying your life and it has destroyed everybody's lives that you've seen do it. And you always hear that one individual that'll be like, yeah, well, such and such did this. And they got a whole lot of money. But every time you go to ask them to prove that, introduce me to that individual. They never show up. They never had a proof. Or if they do by chance show up, I guarantee you 10 out of 10 times they forged documents. What is a bond? Let me ask you this. What is a bond? 
Now listen, whoever you're dealing with in this said sovereign stuff that's doing all these um, paperworks and all this, don't tell, I'm going to tell you what it is, but don't tell them what it is and go ask them. You say to yourself, what is a bond? And you're like, okay, it's something that puts you in bondage, right? Do you really comprehend that? Listen, a bond is a loan. So wherever you see a bond, understand whoever wrote up this bond is requesting a loan. That means that that puts them in a debtor position once the bond is secured. So let's say you place a bond on the stock market or on the commercial realm commercial registry, and you want, let's say, a million dollars for the bond. Somebody that sees that is going to do an appraised value of the bond issuer or whoever the bond is is going to be held because sometimes the creator or the writer or the drawer is the proper word of of the negotiable instrument is not the same one who it's uh, drawn for. They can draw it for another party, okay? But my point is they have to look at your credibility and determine if they're going to cash that bond. You know when you go to court, you get stopped by uh, the police, they take you to jail, they arraign you, you go to the court, and they'll say, okay, I'll issue you a $300 bond. The court is loaning you $300, which is 10% of the bail. The bail to get you out is $3,000. The court is loaning you $300. That's a loan. You're paying it. in order to get out. They're allowing you to pay 10% of the bail in order to get out, and you put up the $300 as a security deposit to guarantee that you're going to come back to, to court, and if you do not, you lose the security deposit. So they're loaning you this bond based off of the bail so that you can get out temporarily with a promise that you will return. If you win your case, you get your bond money back. If you lose your case, you lose the bond money. But everywhere you look, a bond is a loan. Now, you think about this. 
if you sign your signature to a bond, one of these bonded promissory notes or so-called negotiable instruments and bills of exchange and all of that, you sign your signature to that. You're actually asking the commercial registry for a loan, which means you don't have it. Now, let's use common sense. Can I do that? Can you do that? Write up a bond for whatever amount, which is asking for a loan, and use that which you drew this bond on, you use the actual paper, the bond, to pay a bill. Just use common sense. You're asking for a loan. (laughs) And you're going to use a request for a loan to pay a bill? Okay, here's where it would possibly make sense to you. Yeah, I'm asking them to pay it. But see, if you didn't even know that a bond is a loan and you don't comprehend that basic fact, it's more extensive than that, but the foundation of it is that. And if you don't comprehend that basic fact, why would the other party on the other side accept that type of negotiation for someone who is incompetent? Essentially, status is proof of your consciousness, your awareness as to what is actually going on on this earth, minus all of your conspiracy theories and your arguments and debates about who you are. You know what? Another thing I want to say, it makes no sense to me. Like, if you went to, I'm going to use this scenario again. If you went to John Doe, John Doe has a birth certificate, a driver's license, friends, families, relatives, grandparents, great-grandparents, All of them have the last name Doe. And somebody walks up to you and says, your name's not John Doe. Your name's Tony Smith. And you're like, no, my name's not Tony Smith. My name's John Doe. Could they convince you that your name is not John Doe? Would you argue with him and debate with him? Is it really debatable? If you think that that's debatable, then you're missing the point. It's not debatable. I understand where your thinking might be going. I'm talking about just simplify your thinking. If your name is John Doe, I'm not talking about history and descendants and bloodlines. Focus on what I'm saying here right now. Focus on this. 
Don't look outside of what I'm saying. If your name is John Doe, what sense does it make to be arguing or debating with somebody as to who you are when you know that your mother and father gave you that birth name? It's on your birth certificate. You have evidence of it. Your parents have called you this all of your life. It would be ridiculous to debate about it. So my point of this is those who know don't debate. Those who debate don't know. If a tiger met up with a lion and told the lion, hey, lion, you're not a lion, you're you're a tiger. As foolish as that may sound to you, you have to understand people can come to our people and tell them that they're Martians, for God's sakes. And they don't know whether they are or not. And they can't even defend who they are because they don't know. But when you have those of us who do know, there is no debating about it. Now, here's the problem. You have one individual that believes that they know. You have another individual that believes that they know. The two of them meet up and argue and debate based on what they believe they know. That's an issue. But if you really know, it's not up for debate. To continue, they keep feeding you Oh, you didn't do your Puerto Rico filing, your Puerto Rico filing. You didn't do your Hawaii filing. Oh, you didn't add this. The same way they do in the church or in these hustler religions. Well, you didn't do this amount of prayers, this amount of chants. You didn't say this word. You didn't posture yourself in this way. You didn't take this many breaths. It is exactly the same thing. And this mythology is ruling the psychology of the masses of people on this earth who keep believing that all this information they're getting is what converts into knowledge and converts into wisdom and converts into understanding or comprehension and therefore makes them superior to those that don't have what this information. You can have all the information in the world. It doesn't mean that you have knowledge, wisdom, or understanding or comprehension of it. Just because you have a body of information doesn't make it wisdom for you. Just because you can quote a definition or you can even conversate 
about definitions of words doesn't mean that you comprehend the word itself. And this is destroying us. So the whole point is you must have a school that educates you and make sure make sure that you're competent in a particular field and in this case we're talking about freedom do you know it's illegal and immoral to free a slave that doesn't know how to do anything other than be a slave So, people are saying, oh, I set up, uh, somebody did my status correction. Man, that stuff doesn't work. The beast doesn't care about that. The devil doesn't care about all that status correction stuff. That shows that you don't know what you're talking about. First of all, anybody that's saying that they did a status correction for you, most likely it's a UCC filing and all of that fraud and it's none of that it begins with what you are spiritually how you conduct yourself i'm not talking about religiously how you conduct yourself listen if you never run a green light run a stop sign speed if you never do any of these things you have no reason to get a traffic ticket, right? Well, listen, if you're already of a good moral character, that's most of the battle. So once you have the information on establishing 
how you're going to operate in contracts and in commerce, that is the correction of the mind. That is the correction of how you view life and how you handle your affairs that needs to be established. It's as simple as this. If you know two plus two equals four, and you're dealing in commerce, or you're dealing in contracts, and somebody writes two plus five equals four, and you don't question it or challenge it, then you are incompetent. And essentially, that's what's going on. So you have somebody else do some documents for you. They put on the documents that two plus five equals four. You didn't read the documents. You just paid them to do them, and they have on there literally it says 2 plus 5 equals 4. Then you go deal with police. You go deal with judges. You go deal with attorneys. You go deal with public officials. And they read your paperwork, and they see 2 plus 5 equals 4. So they look at you and say, "Uh uh-oh, is this a typo, or do they just not, are they a fraud? So then they challenge you. And what essentially has been happening to you is they will ask you matters or questions in law, simple things to determine whether you comprehend what is going on or not. Whether you comprehend it and you don't even comprehend what's on the paper because you don't know. You don't know that you're supposed to be able to count from zero to nine, you're supposed to be able to do basic mathematical arithmetic addition of subtraction. As long as you can do those basic addition and subtraction things, you are competent in addition and subtraction, meaning Liking that onto how are you to be conducting yourself in commerce and in contracting. Because status has everything to do with mathematics. How competent are you in reading? writing, and reciting law. Not your conspiracy theories.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.